Welcome to Pocket Odysseys, travel science fantasy. Enjoy the story. A Rift into Oblivion by Joe Lilliadal Part 3 The Four Corners The two elves began to quickly pack up their belongings and within minutes were ready to leave. Callan, he won't wake. Then shake him, replied Kalantar. I have, cried Festion, worry and fear gripping each word. Then, looking up to Kalantar, his face lined with anguish, he said again, He won't wake. We can't leave him, Kalan. What do we do? Kalantar thought for a moment and then replied, We'll carry him to the lower level. There's that downward slope just over there that we can use. It should get us most of the way down, if not all the way. Then we'll look for a way out. Once we find one, we can come back for him. You write up a note in case he awakes while we're gone. Callan, Vestin began. You want to leave him here? But... We have no choice, Vestin, Kalantar interrupted angrily. We cannot carry him, and we accomplish nothing by staying here. Are you proposing that we should split up so that he is not left alone? Do you really think that wise? Vestin opened his mouth, but made no sound, and then said meekly, no, no, you're right. I'll write a note. Good. I'll carry him to the lower level so that if he grows violent in his sleep again, at least there is no risk of him rolling off the edge. Then, with a grunt, Kalantar picked up Bobron. Let's hope there's a way out below. Once below, Kalantar set Aubron down and called out, Are you able to grab his things? Yes, I believe so, Vestian answered. Soon, the two companions had Aubron relocated to the lower part of the chamber and began to search the cavern for any promise of escape. After several minutes, the two elves came upon an opening in the rock. It was big enough to enter without issue, but it would be difficult to fight in should the need arise. However, as there were no other options, the two elves continued cautiously into the inky blackness of the tunnel. The tunnel was more or less straight and the floor fairly even. Not far in, however, the tunnel ended. The two looked at each other. Well, this isn't what I was hoping for, Kalantar stated as he looked around the dead end and then up. There's a shaft here that looks climbable. so. I guess we either climb up, or we go back and look around some more and hope that we miss something. What do you think, Vestin? Vestin? But Vestin was nowhere to be seen. By the gods, you're a coward, Kalantar grumbled to himself as he prepared to return to the cavern. But as he took his first step back, his path was blocked. Isgrimor! But how? Kalantar blurted out, stepping back into the dead end. Before him stood Iskramor, his deadly axe at the ready. With a bit more room in the alcove, Kalantar drew his blade and prepared for the inevitable. 
Ysgrimore stepped forward and with his mighty axe struck the first blow, but Kalantar had positioned himself well and easily blocked it. Is that it? He growled just before launching his counterattack. With no room for long arching swings, Kalantar was reduced to weak slashes and thrusts. No matter, Kalantar was an experienced and skilled bladesman, and his counter was still quick and deadly. But Igusgrimor, showing surprisingly quick reflexes for a Nord, spun and parried the attack harmlessly away with the handle of his axe. Then he stepped into Kalantar, passed his long blade and thrust the top edge of his axe under Kalantar's chin. It wasn't a killing blow, but rather one intended to stun his opponent. Kalantar was too quick, however, and was able to avoid the attack and knock the axe aside with a spinning move of his own. Kalantar and Iskermor had now switched positions, which actually gave Kalantar the advantage with his long blade. And with a quick step, Kalantar leveled his blade and then, before Iskermor could go into any defensible position, he stepped in and ran him through. Pulling his blade from the lifeless body, Kalantar wiped the sweat from his brow and then looked down upon Iskermor, ready to spit upon him. But Ysgrimor was not there. No, he said feebly. No, 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 he repeated, his voice increasing in pitch. Vestin, no! Kalantar dropped his great sword and rushed to his fallen companion's side. No, he said again. But you... It was Ysgrimor that I fought. Vestin, how? Gripped in fear, Kalantar ran out of the tunnel and back into the cavern, leaving his blade behind. Albron, you're awake! Kalantar exclaimed as he came rushing into the large cavern. Come, quick! Vestin! But Kalantar stopped when he quickly realized that Albron was not going to follow. Standing upon what could be seen as a natural dais of rock in the center of the lower part of the cavern was Albron. The room was awash in blue-white light. A thin crack of deep purple, barely noticeable, ringed the dais. Aubron spoke. My dear friend, he began. His voice was that of several, and it was deep and terrible and full of malice. You have done well, and we are stronger for your efforts. But it was only the beginning. Kalantar, now paralyzed with fear, tried to turn and run, but in an instant he was enveloped in a gout of flame, conjured by Albron. He screamed in agony as his flesh began to burn, but it was only a matter of seconds before the last echoes of his screams vanished and his charred, lifeless body fell to the ground. A deep rumble came from below, and the thin crack widened slightly. The third. What about the third? Came a terrible voice from the crack. There was a hideous laughter, and then another voice spoke. Watch. Just then, Aubron's body went stiff. His back arched while his head tipped up. Aubron rose slowly from the dais, hovering over it by inches and then his mouth opened and purple light shot forth. 
The light's intensity grew rapidly, and then, within seconds, Auburn exploded. So violent was the event that there wasn't a trace of Auburn's body to be found. The crack widened slightly. But there was only three, said another terrible voice. One more is needed. Patience, came the reply. Another will come, and then the house can be built anew. The blue-white light faded, and darkness reclaimed the cavern once again, leaving only a purple crack to remain. But soon it too began to fade, and as it did, a horrible cacophony of laughter could be heard, trailing off into the unknown. <laughs> Until finally, there was only silence. Epilogue Outside, the storm came to an end and the clouds parted. The forest, glistening in the sunlight, sat quiet for some time before life began to slowly return. A rabbit emerged cautiously from the safety of its burrow, its ears twitching as it surveyed the area. Pausing to look at a large pine that had fallen near a cave entrance, the small animal took one hop towards it and then stopped and sniffed the air. Spooked by whatever it sensed, it quickly bounded into the woods in the other direction. And so the cave remained, silent and undisturbed for centuries, until one day a house was built nearby. Y'all seen, came a man's voice as he entered the nearby home. You'll never believe what I've just found. Thanks for listening to Pocket Odysseys, travel size fantasy. If you enjoyed this tale, give us a like or rating on iTunes. Let's see how many listeners we can fit in our pocket. For more about stories, writers and producers, visit pocket.charactercrusade.com. Pocket Odyssey.